When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. This morning, that Christian Derrissaw is getting a, a second opinion in Philadelphia. Do you expect that he'll be gone for a little bit? Yeah, I know. You know, we've taken it one one day at a time, working really hard with Eric Sugarman. Um, I let Coach Zimmer comment more on that, but he's been working his tail off. We've been cautious with him, taking it slow. And uh, when he's when he's back, uh, we'll take him. Otherwise, until then, getting a lot of good extra work for for uh, Rashad Hill. And. That is new ball of fire Vikings offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak uh, answering question from Chad Graff of the Athletic about Christian Dare saw the report that Chad was referring to actually I believe if I'm not mistaken originated originated on the scoop podcast with our own or the scoop appearance with Doogie right here on Mackie and Judd fill out until Monday so we are again combining conduits of trouble with the Mackie and Judd show which means it's Zolgad it's my good friend Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Goggins and of course the one constant on this show Declan executive producer because somebody has Rashad Hill Rashad Hill I keep keep getting plugged back in wait would would you prefer to to be the Rashad Hill or Jay Cave because I mean we can make you Jay Cave if you want I don't uh, I'll I'll take Rashad Hill honestly I'll take Rashad Hill honestly I'll take Rashad Hill All right, Chipper, let's start with the Vikings and what uh, what Clint just talked about, which was Christian Derrissaw. After that press conference got done, uh, Tom Pelissero reported that uh, – I'm trying to think of the way that this was put because it was very comically football uh, – that Christian Derrissaw <laughs> had had a minor core muscle procedure done in Philadelphia by the same doctor who did the original uh, groin – um groin surgery on him back in January and so we are now to a point where a guy who is yet to practice is going to be is going to be out he's saying he hopes he can be back by week one I'm saying you're not going to be back by week one but this is definitely offensive line wise not where you want to start no and and I saw Zimmer's uh quote today he didn't seem too optimistic about week one either um and just it, it I, I wasn't there. I didn't hear, but sound like Zimmer's losing patience quickly uh, with this situation. To put it kindly, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I was, I was probably overly naive when I thought when they drafted Darius all that. Okay, they got their left tackle. He's starting week one. Here we go. There, everything's fixed. Problem solved. Um, I didn't think. <laughs> I, I I honestly thought both him and Davis would be in the starting lineup. At, at week one, just because, and I know it's, it's, you don't like to have two rookies starting 
week one on an office line. But I just felt like it was an upgrade mm-hmm. from what they had. And on paper, I guess the question I had, Judd, is did the team miss something in the evaluation process uh, pre-draft? As far as the surgery went? Correct. It was, in, it was in January. So, like, you knew. I, I think – so so let's assume, because he ordinarily is, that Zimmer is telling the, the most truth here, right? Because Mike gets impatient, and then he spouts the truth, which is great for us. Um, yeah. I think – so I think Rick told him, hey, this guy had this procedure in January. He's fine now. He should be fine for the start of camp. And I think that's where Mike is frustrated. So to answer your question, I think Zimmer would agree with you that something was missed as far as what the expectation was. And and I so when Gladney got let go, is that two weeks back now, Chipper? Two yeah, two weeks, yeah. So the next day at the press conference, I asked Mike about just in general, first round picks who don't make it, which is a problem, mm-hmm. which this team yeah. has has had at times. And Mike, in my opinion, again frustrated. God love him because he gets frustrated. <laughs> uh, took a sideways sideways shot at Rick by saying, oh, and if guys get hurt, you don't know what's going to happen. But his last line was, but Rick treats them like gold. Like, you know, like he's going to find the best player available and always get him. So I would say the answer to your question is yes. I also would say at this point in time, get the guy healthy. And yeah, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if that means an extensive timeout. I don't know if that means he's back by week two. But he is potentially still your your franchise left tackle for a long time. So I would caution anyone saying he has to play now to say, no, he actually has to play w- when he can play. Because the most important thing in the career of Christian Derrissaw is it's long. Yeah, yeah, is his career not being on the field week one. And, you know, you, you absolutely at this point – because clearly something has lingered throughout uh, the spring and summer after having what they thought getting it fixed. So it's it's we can say it's minor, but this hasn't been a minor deal for him. I mean, it's it's required two surgeries now, and so hopefully this this solves it. But no, now now you just say if there's any uh, preconceived notions that hey he's going to be your your starter week one. Okay, that that's gone. Right that. That 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 ain't happening. Now you just however long it takes for him to get ready because now you have to look at the long play and and yeah he needs to be your ideally your your long term left tackle. But um, then I saw what Rashad Hill got a little banged up in that practice yesterday. So I mean it just it it shows you how as optimistic as everything looked right after the draft in terms of this line being better, how thin things still can be and how tenuous it still is. Um, it just has not gone the way I think a lot of us thought it was going to go. And then that's the problem too. And so you said in, um, in talking about Darisaw, you said something that I actually said yesterday exactly about Cleveland, which is this, we've assumed a lot. Hey, Cleveland was drafted as a left tackle, but then he played right guard and he was, you know, he was an up- upgrade on Drew Samia. Um, and now he's going to left guard and I think he's going to be pretty good there. But we don't know that. And we and don't I know. saw him in that first practice against the Broncos on Wednesday in Chip. He wasn't good. But I mean, I've just been assuming, you know, Garrett Bradbury has to improve, right? Well, he doesn't have to, uh, especially against the pass. Udo's stepping into play right guard. So he looks good. Okay. 
but th- there were times in training camp 2020 where Drew Samia looked good. So my point is, I actually have a lot of concerns about this line because uh, the one thing that they got last year was this: they got really solid play from their tackles, mm-hmm. and I and I can't, you know, be, beyond right tackle where where I do have faith. I can't even tell you that I necessarily trust the tackles now because Reef had a good year. Rashad Hill, I mean, he is a backup. He's a nice backup but and a sweet <laughs> tackle, but he's not a starting left tackle in this league on a really good team. No, and, you know, go back to your original point about expectations and what we think. We just assume because the guy's taken in the first round, he's going to be good. Well, that that's – you hope. And, that sh- and, you know – Probably that should be the expectation that you you're 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 spending that kind of uh, draft capital on on a first round pick for a reason. But I mean, we've seen guys not pan out, and so I think you know Cleveland. What we saw last year when he stepped in and pinched, that was promising, but it wasn't like you know we're lining them up for Pro Bowls yet. And so um, that yeah, I mean, I, I think right now. If you were to look at it, you would say you feel good about one of the five spots. One, right? Do you feel good about the, any of the other four? I, I mean, no. No. Um, not to say that they, they won't be able to do the job, but, I mean, Rashad Hill, he's done a good job of filling in as a swing guy and whenever you needed him, but, he, I mean, he's he you're you're asking him to do something different now. And... Is he going to be able to handle that that increased um, role? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It, it you do wonder that if now Rick is going to have to go out and try to find somebody that's been cut a veteran. I, I almost yeah. think you're obligated to, don't you? Because I mean, if if Rashad Hill goes down, now what are you doing? I, I, and I feel ahead. like yeah, I, I was I asked Judd about this yesterday. I mean. And this was before too. Rashad Hill got hurt. I feel like Saturday tomorrow, their their first preseason game at the Broncos is going to be everything they're going to need to know. Like we can't do this. Like I I don't know I don't yeah. know how you can roll in with that offensive line. I know Russell Okung I think is still out there, but um I believe uh, the, the the Chiefs guard Schwartz off the top of my head. I know Mitchell Schwartz. I believe he's still battling an injury and might not be healthy week one. But I I just don't know Chipper how you can go into week one. With this offensive line, you can make a case it actually is worse than it was in 2020, and, and last year was already kind of a, a disaster on the line. Well, I think you absolutely could because, um, you know, Reef for all the you know criticism he took leading up to last year, he had a good year last year. He was their second best offensive yeah. lineman, and so are, do you feel comfortable thinking Rashad Hill is going to play as good as Reef did? Last year, I, I don't know that anybody's going to say that, and and that wasn't even the weak part of their offense line. It's the interior. Mm-hmm. Uh, Collar had a. Uh, I was talking one day, and he had the stats where the number of pressure and sacks that came up the middle versus on the outside was just so imbalanced. And have they done anything really of substance to shore up that 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 area? And, and I would say no. And so. And that's, you know, that could derail this offense in a big way where we feel like this offense has the potential to be a top eight scoring offense if they get competent to above average line play. And I don't think we can sit here and say they're going to give them that right now. 
so in the first joint practice, Chipper, that they had against the Broncos, to your point exactly. So the, the Broncos line is good. Like their first team line gives you a pretty good reflection of how it's going to go when, when you play uh, good defensive lines. And that's Cleveland basically got shoved around. Kirk had a pass batted down, which I believe was a big Kirk storyline circa 2018 or so. Uh, but he had a yeah. pass. He he was he was sacked technically a couple of times, but you're exact you're exactly right. What I fear is is the interior pressure is going to remain a problem, and then the pressure from Kirk's blind side. If Hill plays like Hill does, which is okay but not great, that's going to be a problem too. And now we're back to square one, which is well, how can Kirk operate if there's pressure constantly? And then that goes back to Zim defaulting to screw it let's just run dalvin left right and you know and so that's where we go that's where we go to a place where the vikings shouldn't be now which well, yeah. is because that emboldens mike then to say what <clears throat> let's just run the bleeping ball well and think about that like how much of your your offense changes just your whole psychology about how you're going to attack people when you don't trust your offensive line i mean and you see it like it's like you play it safe you don't you know you you, you don't you know, take shots down the field. You don't open it up. You, you, you know, and, and Hey, it's not the worst thing in the world to hand it to Dalvin. Cause he's good enough, but it, but it's just not, you're not maximizing what your, your skill guys, you're not maximizing, maximizing what your offense could be. And so I would, it, it would be interesting to be a fly on the wall of their offensive meeting rooms to know like the level of panic that they might be feeling right now with their offensive line and just how much trust they have to be able to really implement everything they want to be able to do and you know maybe they have more than what we have on the outside i don't know but it's it's hard to to think that they could look at that and say you know what we we got where we wanted to be with the offense line i don't know how they could say that they didn't there, there's no way um so i i went to 13 of the 14 practices i didn't go to what, what basically became a walkthrough on tuesday uh, there's no way that they aren't panicked. There is no way. And, and I think you're right, and I think Dex is right. I think you're eventually going to have to call somebody because Darisaw, they, they're trying to say, yeah, it, was, it went really well. Okay, he ain't playing week one. And and look, if he could play, Mike ain't playing him. He's not going to well, put no. a rookie in there. That It's ridiculous. So anyway, I think what Dex, what Dex broached on Purple Daily yesterday, I think is right. I think you're going to have to call somebody up an Okung or somebody like that and just be like, come in here and we'll give you a shot because we have to have some depth and a guy that can start probably. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, be realistic about Darisol now. Yes. How often does Mike Zimmer, one, trust rookies if they had every practice? Well, is this guy even going to have a training camp at this point? I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't had a, like a real practice yet. Full padded, you know, he hasn't done that. I mean, he's done parts of it, but not full. And he's not going to have it for, what, several weeks? Well, what what, what can you expect? From, I mean, it's going to take him half a year probably just to get, you know, maybe not half a year, but it's going to take him a, a while just to get in shape again and to get all the time that he's going to miss, the reps and everything. It's, so, I mean, I don't think you can really – people are saying week one or that's naive beyond naive. Um, so I think it is going to force her hand to go get a tackle. And then, but Judd, that still doesn't solve the issue we were talking about interior. Oh, no, 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 it doesn't. I, I, I actually thought Wyatt Davis would have a better shot of starting than Darisol right away. And I, I forgot this. Did, 
Um, so Zim went on went on the affiliate of the Vikings during minicamp, and I didn't know this or I'd forgotten it. He basically at that point said, Wyatt Davis has to lose weight and get in shape. And so that was sort of the first warning shot to Davis. Um, and I will say this. So against – and now it's threes against threes, to be fair, okay? But in the practices against the Broncos, Wyatt Davis looked pretty good. And so, yeah. I, so I think we're making an example of him here, and I'm not sure that's a great idea. But if that's the case and he's playing pretty well, you might have an – Ezra Cleveland thing where if things fail at right guard, where they just say, okay, five games in, you're the starter. I wouldn't be shocked at that. Well, I would, I mean, I thought the whole idea was to get bigger guys in there, but I mean, if he's out of shape and overweight, that's, you know, that's one thing. But when you look at how he played Ohio state and his pedigree and everything, you just feel like it's a matter of time. I mean, maybe they are trying to, send a message to him that, hey, you got to work harder to be in shape and all that. But it's not a high bar to clear for, for him to move to a lineup. And so I assume we'll see that, um, see him eventually. Uh, but again, you know, I mean, how's he going to fare as a rookie first time through? I mean, it's there's going to be growing pains for him too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's as, I, as I said earlier, maybe it was just – being overly naive when I see when I saw, hey, they've taken all these first round picks with their offensive line and everything's good now, you know. Um it doesn't work as it's not as easy as that as just taking, you know, guys with high pick. I mean you gotta hit on the right guys and they gotta be good and it's gotta fit and everything. So um but I yeah I'm sure Zimmer was happy what for about forty eight hours to start training camp and <laughs> it take long to get over that. Get back to cranky Zim, huh? Can we talk about Speaking of the head coach, can we talk about the quote that he put out there yesterday about that, Jake Browning? Did, did you see this quote? No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Dex did. And this quote, okay, is such a Zim quote, but it is so <laughs> telling. And it is so easy to read between the lines of this quote that I'll read you. And I'll just read it. It's great. <laughs> so, so Zim on Jake Browning after Thursday's practice. And by the way, and he should be because he is the backup quarterback. Jake Browning is getting a ton of work. Okay. So like mm-hmm. he's getting lots of work. Quote Mike Zimmer. I was, I was really impressed with him in the two minute drill here that he did. He's been impressive when Kirk was out. He's just a get it done guy, a leader. Players fight for him. He listens. <laughs> he listens. He listens. That's the best the one. Players, players fight for him. <laughs> He's just a get it done guy. I mean, oh, why didn't you just say, unlike Kirk? <laughs> why didn't he just whisper that? Why did he just whisper that in Kirk's ear? Huh? Oh my oh, god! Yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, oh gosh. You think you think Kirk saw that? Oh, Kirk saw that, right? Um, I'll say this: since he came back. From from quarantine, Kirk yeah. Cousins' timing has been off. He's looked bad. Yeah. He's looked miserable. And and he did, and I saw this pointed out, and it's accurate, in the last two days, he had some very nice completions to Adam Thielen, okay? But he can do that one in his sleep. And you yeah. can't throw to one guy. Uh, but he has looked, re- he's looked, for lack of a better term, Chip, frazzled. He's been frazzled since he got back. 
But Browning does. I mean, he goes out there, and I'm not saying he's spectacular, but he does his yeah. job. But but Zimmer, it's so clear <laughs> how much he wants to take any shot he can at Kirk Cousins. They always say the uh, backup quarterback's the most popular guy in town. He's the most popular guy in the head coach's view, too. <laughs> the head coach loves him. Um, no, I'm sure he's – to think he's not still mad at Kirk, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, carry, he's going to carry that with him. Here's the thing. You know, I don't know that Zim has the capacity to be diplomatic when Kirk has a bad game or a bad throw that, that hurts his team. He may just be frontal this year after games and not try to protect his quarterback. He may just, you know, fire away because he's so annoyed with him with his uh, vaccine thing that he, he's probably not going to hide his, um, his frustration with his quarterback. Oh, no, no, no. He's done with that. In fact, I believe when I think part of the deal when Kirk was signed was that Mike wouldn't treat Kirk like he did Case. Because, I mean, you know, with Case, it was a weekly dig. It yeah. was great. It was a battle oh, yeah. every week. Um, and I think he got lucky. He had a horseshoe. He got lucky. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, yeah. Kirk, there, there's no question Kirk wants to be liked. I mean, Kirk wants yeah. to be liked and embraced. And he's not now. And so it is a really interesting thing to watch him just, just how he holds himself how he walks around there, there's a lot of things where i i think this whole thing much more so than just quarantining threw him off well that's what i was as well, i was gonna ask you Jed. how much do you think the rustiness and i haven't been, i gotta be honest with you haven't been out to practice i haven't seen it but how much do you think the rustiness is him feeling the pressure and the eyeballs and all that on him versus hey he missed five days of reps I think it's a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. But but I do, but I, I think how he has processed this plays a role. I think he was genuinely surprised that he became the poster child for this cause. Cause you know, Lamar Jackson, but, but Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson answered questions a little bit more. And so I think, but, but in Kirk, in Kirk's defense here, I think Kirk's like, there's a lot of unvaxxed guys. Why me? And a lot of people, including me said, well, because you're really highly paid, and if you yeah. go out, your team is in trouble. Well, I would say I do agree with him. Like you know, he's not the only one, and so he, he became the the one that bore the brunt of it. But um, hey, when you're making thirty one million dollars, that's part of it. And then also, let's be honest too, he was a lightning rod even before this. I mean, there are people that just don't like his personality, don't like the way he plays, and so. Uh, you know, when you're not a popular guy to begin with, and then this happens, well, then that that only makes people even angrier, and and you become that target. So I think it's is it unfair that he's being singled out above everyone? Maybe a little bit, you know, because it's hey, there's some high profile players on his team that aren't getting near the heat that he's getting. Um, but the quarterback, you're the one making all the money, you're the face of it, so that's that's part of the deal, man. Chipper, do you think also that? Do you, do you trust that Jake Browning, if, if if he had to make a start, can come in and get there? I mean, I know like Tyrod Taylor's still out there. Is there someone that even after, you know, the 53 gets cut, that you can maybe see the Vikings picking up as a backup? Like as Jake, I know Jake Browning's having a nice camp and, you know, Zimmer praising him there, but do you trust him and do you trust that the Vikings would back up Kirk with someone like Jake Browning? I would trust him for a game. I wouldn't trust him for multiple games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And you're right. By all indications he is having a good camp and but it but it's camp and it's not i don't say it's not real 
but you're not being tackled. You're not seeing blitzes. You're not seeing the real stuff that you're going to see. And so we have no idea. I mean, there's no, there's no resume there other than, okay, he's looked good in seven on seven against when they're not in pads. So I ideally, I would rather have someone who's has NFL experience as a backup, as his, as a cousin's backup, you know, who that is and is there anybody available in finances and all that? I, I don't, you know, I don't know, but um, if you're asking me if I'd rather have a just a guy who's had some experience, I, I still would rather have that, even though they're optimistic and high on what what Browning's doing. Um, but if it, if it, you know if it's like okay, he has to play one game, I don't think I would panic because you could say okay, we're going to give it to Dalvin twenty five times and and throw a lot of you know dumb it down and make it simple for him. And get, I mean, you can get. He can get the ball to Thielen and, and Jefferson in some way, shape, or form. But it's um, but if you told me, hey, he's got to start four games or five games, eh, that would make me nervous. So when when it comes to Jake too, I would play him and the second team a ton uh, Saturday because with three preseason games, I do think the one thing that you have to do, and the only time to do it is actual games. And I know that they don't count, but I think the key thing is to get him as much work as possible to see how he actually processes, and and you don't see. Uh, blitz is really the, the yeah. opposing defenses didn't scheme for you. So that's very different, but at least it gives you an in-game feel because I think you have to know, can he, can he efficiently after two practice squad years run the game itself? That's the question to me. Yeah. And I, I mean, he'll play a ton. I, I don't know. I'd even mess around with the, I mean, third and fourth guy, whoever it is, you know, I, Mond, I would give them so little time. I would say we need to find out as much about Jake Browning as we can. Um, Cause if you get down to your third quarterback, you're screwed anyway. <laughs> you know? um, so I would, I would play him as, you know, 80% of the time just to see what you have to get a better sense of, and it's not still not hundred percent, but get a better sense in game. Okay. Can you go with him as your number two? If something happened and cousins is out, you know, for quarantine. All right, Chipper. So, the O-line is definitely a question mark and might be a problem again. But the D-line, for the most part, is back. And I'm going to tell you right now, Michael Pierce. We got ourselves yeah. an athletic fat guy. Uh, he's a mammoth man. This is one of my favorite positions when it's when it's held by the right person. This is one of my favorite <laughs> positions in football. This guy is a throwback size-wise, though. He is absolutely huge. and. I don't think any human being is going to get past him if if they try to run up the A gap consistently. Yeah, it was funny. I was out there whatever day it was last week, and he walked by, and I was like, "Holy cow, is this guy big?" <laughs> yes, I mean he is gigantic. His arms and just you know he is the nose tackle of your your youth, right? He's that big mountain of a man, and um. But sounds like he's pretty quick too, right? Pretty athletic in there, and they want to get some power. But uh, yeah, that that position group is going to be. We thought the offensive line might be the most improved, but the defensive line is going to be dramatically different. And, and just getting back bar or uh, Hunter, obviously that makes you better. And then, but now adding Pearson there and um, and Thomason, I mean, I that's going to be a good defensive line. I feel like. I mean, I. We we still have some questions about the other the other end and can you get production from there? But um, I don't see them 
getting pushed around in the run game like they did last year at all. I will be I'll be surprised if that's not a one eighty this year. Be just because you have you have some big boys in there now. I mean, you're, they're gonna they're they're gonna clog up running lanes, so I, it's gonna be much much harder to run on them. I think when when you go through positions in football, I think perhaps the most underrated or among them is nose tackle because you really don't really think about it much until it's not good and then Mm -hmm. it's it's not good it's christmas day against the saints and it's a complete disaster uh but when you think about guys who get in there and are huge but athletic and can clog up those lanes i don't think we appreciate that enough until we see 2020 and then we're like oh my god this is this is the result of Shamar Stefan having to start for your team. Well, and it's, you know, I remember Leslie Frazier used to always say this, and you hear it too. Is like you got to be good up the middle, just like in baseball. You got to be good up the middle, and if if you if you're not good up the middle, man, your your whole defense can go to hell in a handbasket. I mean, it can just collapse if if teams just push you around up there because then then the linemen are getting on your linebackers, and then they can't make plays, and so. Having that point of attack right there in the middle and just feeling good about, okay, this guy's going to clog it up. He's going to take on a couple blocks. Because, I mean, he's going to – that guy is so big, Pierce, you're going to have to use a couple guys to to uh, to handle him. And that should just free up everybody else to be able to, you know, uh, have a little bit more one-on-ones or whatever and, and be able to make plays. And so, yeah, I think, I, you know, not having him last year – I don't know, you know how good he was or how big he was or anything like that, you know. Um, but when you see him like you walk by, it's like he, he is hard not to notice because he is just humongous how big he is. I didn't know he was this big. No. Um, and I will tell I will tell you this. If this works as expected, Eric Kendricks, you guys, yeah. is sitting on a monster year. So so in seven on sevens against the Broncos, and I believe it was both – I believe it was all – three times the place I'm going to reference was Teddy playing quarterback for Denver. So there was a red zone drill from the 10 yard line. Teddy tried to thread a pass through across the middle. Kendricks picks it next play. Next play. He deflects it. Uh, and then in a different drill, a while after that, a ball is tipped by a Broncos receiver along the sideline. Kendricks picks that. And here's the thing. And it, it occurred to me last year, but I think I'm right. He's as close to a hybrid safety as you can get. Like his skills, his body screams linebacker, but his yeah. skill, but his skill set screams linebacker <clears throat> safety. Yeah, he's he's so instinctive when he's in pass coverage. Mm-hmm. And I column on him. It must have been, I think it was after the Houston game last year where he made a play. I can't remember. It wasn't an interception, but it was like a pass breakup where he was, looked like he was totally out of play. But then read, I think Watson was scrambling around, and he, and he read. Oh, this one, Watson was scrambling. And it was him. There's no one in front of Watson, and, and but Kendricks was there waiting on him. And you're like, okay, is he going to come up and try to tackle him? Is he going to stay back? Yep. Watson was like pump faking, and the receiver was behind him, and he felt him somehow, you know, and he, he, he lunged like this, lunged added the ball out, and, and I remember thinking, it's like, that seems like that would be incredibly hard to do where Deshaun Watson's running at you, and you're like, okay, I need to come up and tackle him, but do I stay in pass coverage in, in case he throws it? And I asked, 
you know, I asked some people about Zim and, and Kendrick and they're like, yeah, that's it. That was a pretty remarkable play that looked routine, you know, for a guy to have that kind of instincts and feel for the game. And he just makes those, he makes, he makes it look easy in pass coverage. And you know, it's not because he's a linebacker, but you're right, Judd, he, he's, he is a hybrid player because he is in coverage. He's kind of like a safety. Mm-hmm. He's also, you know, he's also a tackling machine. So I think people appreciate how good he is, but I mean, He's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. The Federated Challenge supporting Big Brothers Big Sisters hosted by my great friends at Federated Insurance. This amazing event brings together a group of community-focused and generous businesses and individuals to raise money to support Big Brothers Big Sisters, a 116-year-old one-to-one mentoring organization. Since 2005, the Federated Challenge has raised over $41 million and has helped ignite the potential of our nation's youth. Special thanks to Sid Investment Associates, Stony Brook Capital, and Taft for their support. But the incredible thing about his success in 2020, Chip, was the defensive tackle stunk. And he was so, yeah. So can, <laughs> yeah. You, can you imagine if they occupy what they're supposed to, which I think that they can now, he's he's going to be sitting on a monster year. And I do think having Barr back, too, I think those two I agree. all together. And it was, I had had a player tell me uh, this offseason – how smart and valuable Anthony Barr is to their defense. And I guess it's, you know, stuff that we probably don't know, like in terms of getting everybody lined up and just reading and all that, you know, stuff that, you know, the casual observer or the hardcore, you know, we're not insiders, so we don't have any idea. But he said, that guy is just so important to that defense and, and getting people lined up. And I think him and Kendricks obviously have a great relationship and friendship. And so having him back and then having a, a competent defensive line, I would be, and I could be surprised if if Kendricks is all pro again this year because he's just he's at his pinnacle in his career right now and just playing at a really high level. Absolutely, go for football. Where where do things stand as we draw closer to the opener against the Ohio State? Well, they had a scrimmage or a open practice type thing last night, and Chris Ottman Bell left with a knee. It looks like a knee injury. I wasn't there. People said he had to be. He came down after a play and had to be helped off, and they were looking at his knee, and then he went in. That ain't good. Uh, hopefully, it's nothing serious for his sake, for the team's sake. Um, hopefully, it's just a, something minor that he doesn't, you know, force him out. But he is their one and only really established wide receiver right now. So if he was going to have a huge year, and he, and he still might. I'm not saying I don't know. Right. PJ, PJ didn't talk to reporters after the game, so. Um, there is no update, so it probably won't come until Monday. But um, they need Chris Hopman Bell to be healthy because, to me, that is the one biggest area of unknown with this team. The wide receiver, you have some guys, and everybody you know, when you talk to them, they're all excited about Daniel Jackson and this um, transfer from Texas A and M. And um, I think they have a lot of guys that they're excited about, but nobody has really stepped up and said, "I'm a." Sure, number two guy, or I'm sure number three. I mean, I think Jackson has a chance to be pretty good, Daniel Jackson. Um, but, I, you know, I like their line play. I think their offensive line is going to be really good. Uh, they are old and physical and play a lot of football, and they have some NFL draft picks on that line. Um, I think the defensive line is going to be a lot better, a lot deeper than it's ever been, just because they've hit uh, guys return, but then they also plugged it with some transfers. Um and so it's 
it's funny when you talk to them privately, they're very optimistic about how good they can be, but they're, when you look at the, for whatever they're worth, the Athlons or the, you know, the Cleveland.com did their, uh, the writers poll. Most people are picking them third or fourth in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, the West, Wisconsin's the Prairie the favorite, and the Cleveland poll, I think they got something like 29 of 36. Somebody told me first place votes. Um, so I think people think they're the best team, and I saw their season like 16. So people think, you know, Wisconsin's the team to beat. Um, but I think that West is fairly wide open. It's not like the East where it's okay, it's Ohio State and everybody else. Um, you know, some people might think it's Wisconsin and everybody else, but I, I think the gap is a lot closer in the West. I think there's a chance for, you know, three or four teams to pop up there and win it. Chipper, do you, do you like when, you know, they get Ohio State to start the year? Obviously, I believe, you know, they're a powerhouse. They'll be their fourth in the country so far in preseason rankings. Yeah. I, I think it's the, you know, first time since what TCU was here about five, six years ago that they open against, mm-hmm. you know, a, a top ranked teams. Do, do you see any any chance they can hang with Ohio State, or, or is that just is that going to be a, a mostly a, a slaughter in in, in this to start the season? Yeah, I don't. You know, I, no, I think they can hang with. It'll depend on now. Ohio State has, um, you know, they're breaking in a new quarterback, but they got the two best wide receivers in the Big Ten. I mean, yeah. they're they have big time wide receivers, and so um, I'm not going to be surprised if they come and throw it 50 times a game in that game. I mean, I think you know that's. They're going to test that and go for secondary. Um, but the key for them will be, can you be physical on offense and establish the run and let Mo and, and be ball control and and really turn into a physical game? Now, now, Ohio State's defensive fronts, Ohio State's defense front. <laughs> so, you know, they're having, I know they have an NFL draft pick over there and, and, and one of the best defensive lines in college football, you know. Um, so it's going to be a, that's, to me. That's going to be the big boy matchup. There is that, that go for offense line against Ohio State defense line, and you know if they can hold their own there and, and run the ball and and be physical and and get Mo going. You know, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I, I don't. It they're going to turn it. They're going to try to turn it into a track meet on offense because those wide receivers are really good. So Chipper, so. What, Chipper, what's the assessment um, offensively from a scheme? Uh, standpoint too because things didn't things the transition didn't go great and you know clearly during the success of 2019 this offense looked really damn good was that transition more a pandemic problem or or more a schematic problem with the with going from one oc to the next yeah i thought it was both i didn't it just to me felt clunky all year it just it it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. I mean, they could run the ball. Obviously, Moe's terrific, and but the pass game just felt just felt off. Like Tanner felt off. His, his percentage came down, and he had you know obviously he had 2019 was terrific. Um, but I think it's okay. You know, Bateman coming in and out. You didn't have Tyler Johnson. Um, your offensive line was moving. Your entire right side of your offensive line wasn't there. You know, Dunlap and Fale Haley were, were gone. So you're plugging in guys that, um, you know, are not, we're not starters. So I, it, but, and, and I, and this didn't come from Tan or anything, but, you know, you're, you had a new coordinator and I just felt like it just wasn't as in sync as it could be. And and now I think they have a year of it. I think they had, a, you know, a, a real off season, which they didn't have the year, you know, in 2020. 
a real training camp, which they didn't have. Um, so I, I think it'll be smoother. Um, I do think, you know, depending on hopefully Ottman Bell's not hurt and some of these wide receivers. And I talked to Tanner about this at media days. Like, you have a physical offensive line and one of the best running backs in college football. Everybody knows that. Their teams are going to load up to stop that because I mean, if they if they start getting in the rhythm, running the ball, you know, defenses know they're in trouble because they're just going. PJ's old school that way. He loves to run the ball. I mean, he is. He's a young guy, but he's the old school. And I asked him one time after a game and said, you know what? Just out of curiosity, like what what stat do you look at other than final score? You know, right? When you get to, what do you look at? And he said, uh, <clears throat> time of possession. I mean, that's like 1980s coach would say that. You know what? what <laughs> And Jim said, yes. Zim. I love this guy. Can I hire him? That's what I said. Hello, Mike Zimmer. No. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> so that's a huge thing for him in his offense is ball control and being – so, um, so they're going to have to be able to throw the ball and take advantage of that, right? And so I think opportunities are going to be there for him, you know, some one-on-ones because teams are going to really load up to try to stop the run and not get just steamrolled by them. So – that offense, they have to be more in sync with their wide receivers, and some of these guys are going to have to step up and and show that they're trustworthy and that it's not just, okay, we're going to throw the ball to Ottman Bell every single time we throw the ball. All right. Last thing, Chip Scoggins, and I, I think you did a column on this uh, in the Star Tribune two days ago, but the Kirill Kaprizov conundrum, yeah. drama, soap opera, call it what you will. I'm with you. I don't think that he that he goes and plays at home. I think that this is a pure bluff. But that being said, this has also gotten to be, and Dex and I talked about this on Thursday show, a pain in the ass as well. Oh, well, well, yeah, it's a complete pain in the ass. And I understand from his camp's perspective, every, every player wants to get the unrestricted free agency in your prime. You don't want to get there when you're 35. Um, so I understand like he's not going to sign an eight, nine, eight or nine year deal. And that, and Billy Garrett knows that. Right. But if I'm Garrett, I'm not giving him a three year deal. Like, well, are you nuts? I mean, there's no way you're going to let a guy just have a three year deal and walk him right into unrestricted free agency. So I think they'll eventually land on four or five years. And, and Kaprizov's camp has to be early. He's played 55 games and he's, he's a brilliant talent, creative, all that. We know it. But he's only played 55 games, and it wasn't like he dominated those playoffs at all. And so they have to be realistic. Um, and I think I think this is just part of the deal of having a, a star player, superstar that see, you know, hey, I'm popular, and I'm probably the best individual talent they've ever had that, that organization, and I'm the cornerstone for what they're building. Yep. Me, 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 me. So pay me, you know, and I, but um, at some point you have to realize, okay, the team has some leverage too. And, and you're not going back to Russia. I mean, if he does, I'll be surprised. I'll be beyond surprised. I'll be shocked um, because, you know, that bad optics for the player, I think, really bad optics for the player. Mm-hmm. And not great for his career because you can go over and get hurt. You know, and the Wild still owns his contract rights. So what, what would that prove? I have so no idea. I think he'll get done. I think he'll get, I mean, he'll probably go up to the last minute because this, this agent's clearly going to 
play hardball and try to squeeze as much out of him as he can. But I, I, I still think it's going to get done. Yeah, it's a frustrating thing to watch just because th- this team, this team at least for 2021-22 has potential. Like they could be mm. good. They could be mm-hmm. good. They've got some cap room. If you if they make like one or two more right moves, I'm not saying they're the greatest team, but they're certainly a playoff team and they're extremely competitive. And to have this be be like a summer long drama when when you're right, I mean, unless he's going to go back. And my thing was, and Dex and Phil both both recoiled at this is if you're going back go back like tell me right now i'm going back to russia i don't like you guys enough i you know um but he's not going to because that's not going so so it would be nice to sort this out get this done get fiala done add some supplemental chips because the next two years after this are going to be salary cap hell and and if you give him a three-year contract you, you are going to have to sit down very shortly after that and talk about your options which would, yeah. there would have to be there would have to be um, a ripcord option of we have to trade him because what you can't have here is Gabrick again. You cannot yeah. allow this guy to walk to the Rangers and sign and you get nothing. Well, that's the, yeah, and that's the problem. Like you give him three years, is like heck, a year into that, you're having to go back to him and start talking about long term deals because you wouldn't want to wait till last year. And you know, the guy's like, I mean, you're from unrestricted free agency. No, I'll just. I'll let this play out. I mean, then he's, you know, his highest bidder at that point. So, no, I, 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 hopefully his agent is giving him good advice, you know, and I don't, I can guarantee you he's not, I can guarantee you he's not there. There's no way this is uh, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes here, but this reeks of politics. Like there's something else going on here. Yeah. And Kaprizov might not be the problem. He's a young kid and being told what to do and you're so good, blah, blah, blah. But um, I will 1,000% go with the advice that he is getting right now is not really sound. Yeah, and it's – it's I don't know this agent. But if he, if he is getting bad advice, and it seems like it is because it shouldn't be taking this long, I understand that you trust an agent and you pay an agent for a reason. But at some point, you have to take control of your own situation and say – you know what? Get the damn deal done. Let's go. Let's stop messing with this. Let's stop, you know, threatening to go back and play at Russia. Let's just get the deal done. I mean, you know, as I said, if he signs a four-year deal, a five-year deal, he's not even going to be 30 when that thing, when he hits unrestricted free agency. And so you're still going to be in your prime. And if you think you're still going to be one of the top players in the league, that bite of the apple is going to be pretty big, right? I mean, yeah. but it's, it's I mean, I can't. Speaking of fly on the wall, I'd love to be on a fly on the wall with Billy Garen's office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the, four, the four letter word would be just. Can you imagine if. Hard knocks. Hard, hard, hard knocks, knocks Billy Garen. <laughs> Billy Garen. <laughs> can you imagine if Zim and Garen oh, gosh. ever sat down over a bottle of red and could just go back and forth? Like, oh, be, gosh. It'd be bleep, 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 bleep. I mean, there'd be nothing you could say because it would be all that would be. Moms. It'd be awesome. Yeah, we should have a. Uh, that's where we make our, our, our million dollars. We'll have Zim and and uh, Billy Garen in a room. We'll go out to dinner. Yep. Put bottles of wine. It'll be video. <laughs> People can live stream it. We'll charge them twenty four ninety nine. And that's, no, no, no. One hundred dollars. One hundred dollars. If we get this done, we are making a commission that's going to be significant. We'll talk about kickers. Yep. We'll talk about. <laughs> How much do I regret right now 
the Vikings not being on Hard Knocks this year. Oh gosh! Now, now they couldn't have been, uh, and I understand that. But this would have been. I, I mean, if uh, Zimmer is gone after this year, forget a Super Bowl win. The yeah. greatest missed opportunity would have been to get him as a head coach on Hard Knocks. I mean, Dex, can can you imagine this? The Terrace uh, thing. The Kirk uh, thing. The Kirk thing would have been cool. Jesus. I'm excited. I'm talking about him. I'm so excited. With all the stuff. Oh, could you? Yeah. Who would be least likely to do this? Spielman or Zimmer? You know, I think Rick, actually. I do, too. I 100% do. But you know what's funny? I was told by somebody yesterday that Rick Spielman actually is a driving force be- behind the, the whole VEN thing because he understands the importance, mm-hmm. but he downplays it publicly. So, like, internally, he gets it completely. Yeah. But, then, but then he won't t- tell you what time of day or what day of the week yeah. it is, which which is how they treat us, which is fine. I get that. Yeah, yeah. But I was I had no idea that he actually understands the importance of well, the message. But it's the message being delivered as he wants delivered. Not well, that's he understands the importance of scripting a message and yes, not correct having that message scripted for him. <laughs> And, and what's uh, so weird too, uh, quickly before we wrap, uh, every time we like, we haven't been in the locker room since 2019, but I don't know if you noticed, but like after that Zimmer presser is over, speaking of like Spielman having his thumb on the vent, that guy is right there with Spielman right in front of the door and Spielman is watching like immediately right after the presser. So like clearly he does like have like his, like I've noticed that every time in the Vikings locker room that he's always like ready to watch and ready to like look at what's going out to Ven, what was just said at the press conference. He clearly likes to have his finger on the pulse of it. Oh, no. He sits in on uh, post-game Zimmer's press conferences. Yeah. I mean, he's in the back, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's he's done that for years, right? I mean, yes. he knows he knows hmm. the message being sent from the organization, right? Yeah, I don't think he did it with Brad because he wasn't technically Brad's boss, but I think since he got control as GM, he did it for less, and Mike, and the Mike stuff, was his heart, <laughs> his heart rate must spike. Heart rate. <laughs> what did he just say? <laughs> Just don't ever forget Jake Browning is a competitor who listens to <laughs> who authority. Listens. Who listens. Who listens. That's so great. I love it. All right, Chip. I'll talk to you. Next right. Thanks, Chipper. Okay. All right, boys. All we'll right. see. That was a combination of Mackie and Judd and Conduits of Trouble. I think we'll just be back with the Conduits of Trouble next week yep. when Phil comes back. So so Zim clearly is taking shots at cousins, Declan Goff. Yeah. And Kirk and Kirk, I don't know if Kirk can take a hint or not, but if he can. Kirk might want to jump on a Harley, let's say. Yeah. Okay. He might want to jump on on a, I don't know, metric cruiser, a sport bike, and ride out of town. And if he does, there's only one place for him to go to get everything he needs, and that is DennisKirk.com, 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, plus shipping is free for orders over $89, DennisKirk.com, everything you need for your ride, DennisKirk.com. We are glad to have them aboard as one of our many fantastic sponsors on Mackie and Judd. It's true. And also, you know, if uh, Kirky or Jake Browning or one of these quarterbacks is uh, got some time on their hands, they can also check out PXG in Southdale Center in Minneapolis to up that golf game. I'm hitting the sticks uh, tomorrow morning. And you I become really like you are dedicated. Now. Oh, yeah. Last week, but I was doing able, this a lot. You're last trying. week, I wasn't able to get a round in and it, and it ate me alive. So I, I'm playing around uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. On, on, a, on a beautiful Saturday. It's finally cooled off, too. So it won't be 
I won't be uh, sweating off pounds by whole four, so uh, that, that that is a good sign. And thank God for my friends at PXG who have the best apparel and those new Gen 4 golf clubs. Uh, you can check them out right there. I'm going to be in line for a new putter, especially if uh, things aren't going my way tomorrow. I'm going to get one of those new putters. I think that'll be, that might be one of the I think my, you my, my should. Moves. Yeah. I, I'm shocked that a guy who, who now takes the sport as seriously as you seem to mm-hmm. still has has such an old club in his bag. Right. And I'm serious about that. Yeah, it, it is the it's the thing that has to be upgraded the next, you know. And again, I, I really like this PXG gunboat. I mean the gunboat. How do you not want that in your like bag? The gunboat. That sounds like a football play. I know. It is. It's it's either a down. Yeah. Gunboat, gunboat, CJ, gunboat. CJ Ham fullback dive. Gunboat. You know, gunboat just right up the A gap there. I like it. Yeah. I like it. PXG Southdale Center in yeah. Minneapolis. Check them out. Hey, on Kaprizov, yeah. one final thought, and because we, we, we talked about this fairly extensively yesterday, but I, for, I forgot and didn't bring this up. But, you know, in Billy Garrett's world mm-hmm. and the Wilds world, Dex, I can see the frustration more now uh, because here's what we didn't talk about. So they signed him and brought him in and burned a year of his contract yep. in, in the bubble knowing full well that he would not be and because of the league ruling was not cleared to play in the play in series against the Canucks. So they basically did him a favor and, mm-hmm. and accelerate accelerated him contractually to get the big payday starting next season. And this is the thank you again. And and I'm not saying look, players don't owe teams, but you would think that they would work together a little bit and that the Kaprizov camp would appreciate the, the fact because Bill Guerin could, could have said, hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. Let me t- let me get this straight. You're telling me that you want me to sign you for a play a play in tournament that you can't play in because of a league ruling and you're going to burn a year of your contract. And now I'm going to get you to the point of receiving a very rich extension from us earlier. That doesn't make sense. But he did it because he wanted him here and they had been trying for five years but at some point i think the kaprizov camp has to take a step back and be like we can't get everything that we want like we're getting a lot and our guy's really good but we can't just so so we basically got the team to give us a free year and eliminate it and now they want this and now they want that i get the frustration here from the team standpoint yeah it is it's extremely frustrating um and it's it's just caused delays in their off season. You know, how do they want to approach getting the center? How do they want to approach getting Fiala done? I just, I figured both these contracts would be done relatively soon, certainly before this point, late in August, a month before camp. I thought this would be like the ceiling of when they'd be like, I would have been surprised if it was August 13th and you would have told me, you know, when the offseason started, what, over Memorial weekend when they got eliminated in the playoffs that they're all, it's going to take, by the way, uh, three more months before the contracts are done. What? Like what, what happened? What the hell happened? Um, right. and it's definitely caused an issue. And I think that's also, it, it plays a factor in Fiala's deal because they're trying to figure out this cap space issue. Um, I'm, I'm still under the impression that, and, and now I don't even know what they're going to do, but I, I, that's why I was trying to push the narrative of, well, get the center and then sign Kaprizov. Cause that's only going to help the negotiations. It's going to help Kaprizov also want to stay here and not linger with this KHL bluff. I know it's mostly a bluff, but I figured if you got the center, that will only help these negotiations. And now also with, these contracts still up in the air. Um, Fiala's res- will have a resolution this time next week, so we know Fiala's under contract. But uh, I, I, I don't even know how they're going to find this next center. 
Like I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that they might just run this back and, and you know, I know Rossi and Boldy, Boldy having a more of a leg up to make the roster uh, than Rossi does, but I, I don't know who the hell he's they're going to sign. Though. And he's a wing. I know he's not a center. So yeah, and so, yeah. So so you're going to have Victor Rask back. I know they're they're definitely going to run it back with Victor Hartman which, back, who I like, but yeah, I mean, should no, be nowhere he's more near. Of a wing, and if he's going to play center, he probably should be third or fourth line, right? Yeah, so it's a very but I, I'm just saying the Kaprizov people obviously feel that everything they want should go their way, and I don't know that at this point in time, like that will be true, eventually for sure. But I think at this point, like you've got to come to. I thought so. So when there was a hangup, Dex, I thought the deal would be done by now because you know they'd say, okay, we'll do four years, five years, you know, not six, seven, or eight, and not three. But the longer this drags out, I wonder if he wants just three years. Which again, I you know, I don't blame Bill Garrett for being like, hold on a second, guys, I got I got you in position to negotiate this contract by doing you a favor, mm-hmm. and now you want three years. Like you're making you're making me look really bad. I agree. Because like if he gives him three years, the problem is, and I understand it might have to happen, but if he gives him three three years, um. I, you almost certainly have to explore trading him at least at least to be prepared for it by a year or two in. So not next year, but the next season or the third year. Like if he's like, I'm going to the Kings, you can't be like, okay, that's cool. You know, you'd have to trade him. So anyway, I, I just, I, I don't get that. Um, Did you see the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville last night? I was not able to see it actually. I saw the okay. highlights. I know okay. I, I saw the tweets. I saw everything else about it. It was very cool. You looked cool. But let me come, let me tell you what, let me tell you, and I tweeted this. Yep, I know where you're going. And I want your thoughts, but I do think, so So that game, which by the way, congratulations, Dyersville, congratulations, MLB, it was fantastic, it was a great idea, but yes, (laughs) the, the National Hockey League has now been challenged. Rob Manfred is challenging Gary Bettman to play not just an outdoor game, we've seen those. Or a fight to the death. Or well, that's you know who, who would love that, Robbie Macklop. Yes, because uh, he couldn't lose. But anyway, to play an outdoor game on a pond or lake, and and to be clear, the games that they played in Nevada in was that February decks? Yes, Lake year? Tahoe. The, yeah, Tahoe. Okay. Yep. The games that they played in Tahoe were on a man-made rink right. Yep by Lake Tahoe. So that doesn't count. That's an outdoor game, I agree. but it doesn't count. I agree. Do you like the mystery Alaska challenge? The, the oh idea of actually, of actually having a frozen lake or pond, putting up the, the requisite, you know, boards and making sure that the ice is perfect and frozen for a national hockey league game. Yes. I'm all in on this. I, I, first off, mystery Alaska is one of my all time favorite movies. And I'm, I'm actually shocked. We haven't done it in our sports movie reviews. And, and in fact, I, I know we've also put that on pause. People have been wondering what, what happened to our reviews with Mackie being oh, out yeah. and obviously sports being, uh, getting picked back up here. We put that on the shelf. It is coming back. All things considered, it will be back next Friday over the top. I believe too, right. With Sylvester Stallone. I believe that is our yes. movie. So yes. once we transition back, that will be back on our Friday staple. Uh, but to answer your question, I'm all in on this idea. Uh, yeah, Mystery Alaska is one of my all-time favorite movies. It, it's it's such a goofy, absurd film. Um, but I, I think it'd be genius. Uh, and, you know, w- w- it'd be awesome if you do it in Mystery Alaska. I don't know if you'd be able to do that. You know, I, I'm 
you know, obviously the Minnesota has 10,000 lakes and I'm sure you can do something in Michigan, maybe even two. Um, but I Canada. would be, I would be all, or can't obviously, yeah, the, 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 uh, apparently Canada has some hockey stuff. Uh, you could do it in Canada as well. I think, I think the mystery Alaska scene would be so awesome. It is such a goofy, ridiculous film. Uh, I, I would be all about the NHL going up there. Yeah. And it, it would have to be in a place where you were almost certain that the temps wouldn't go up too much. Right. So, so like that, cause you couldn't afford, you couldn't play if you got a February thaw. Mm-hmm. So, but I think this is the, the challenge now because baseball, I mean, what baseball did was really cool. And, and the first winter classic in Buffalo was awesome. But I mean, all of those are played in stadiums or ballparks and they've never actually gone to a lake or a pond. So I think this is next. And mm-hmm. I, I know that there's been talk about, well, it'd be tough to do. And again, if it warms up too much, we can't play the game. And I think you got to chance it. And I think that you've been challenged. If yeah. you are, if you are Bettman and, the boys and let me tell you this too so tickets for the game last night were ridiculously expensive like thousands of dollars and and the crowd i think was capped at eight thousand, and it was not played so they didn't play it on on the field of dreams that they used for the film they actually built an ancillary park basically and so if, if you you saw the screenshots on fox last night yep. from from the blimp or from the copter, they had the old field and then the new one that they built. The small the small ballpark, though, I think is fine because the TV coverage was so cool. I don't think you need a lot of people there. So, like, if you played it on a, a pond or a lake, I don't care about... Like, it's cool to have some fans. I'm not saying don't have fans. But, you know, if you did that, there would be what decks 80,000 people clamoring. I got to be there. I got to go. Well, actually, no, you don't. That's not the point. The point is the point is the television experience because it's so cool yeah. and there's so much that can potentially be done. So yes, I think that that's the next thing. I think you get a hockey outdoor game, but forget about all the stadium stuff, ballpark stuff. You play it on a pond or lake. And here's the last thing. If you do this, do it once and not 75 times. Yep. Yeah, they've oversaturated it in the NHL. It's been they, kill, they killed it. The stadium yeah. series is a stupid. I mean, and I enjoyed the Blackhawks thing here. It was great, but they killed it. Yep. They killed it. So anyway, I'm glad that you're on board. Oh, because I, love it. I think it, it would be extremely cool. And I do think that's next. And I think it would. I think it would sell for sure. And playing it by Lake Tahoe on a rink that you made. Doesn't bleep and count. When so. did uh? When was the last time you saw Mystery Alaska? And please tell me you have seen it. Oh, I've seen it a couple times. Yeah. I saw it probably last time a couple of years ago. I watched it. Okay. It's great. Yeah. It it actually might be. So I, I'd be up for doing it as part of our film review series. It actually might be too good, but I'd still do it because it's so much fun. I don't think it'd be too good. Number one, um, because it is a. I don't know if you know. It is a humongous box office bomb. Like it. 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 It was one of the worst box office spot like it i think it was like a 30 million dollar oh, budget against like a seven million dollar box office like it was a box office bomb oh no and i do think no, I didn't know that. i'm guessing phil has not no. seen the movie so me mm-hmm. and i being the hockey buffs and who enjoy this movie phil would probably bring the takes of being like this is one of the most absurd concepts of all time the new york rangers come up to play an amateur team in alaska so i i, I do think actually it, it would like miracles okay. too good in my opinion like miracles too good i don't think we can do miracle but Again. mystery, mystery Alaska would be as much as you and I could review 
Miracle and quote the whole film the entire time. Uh, right. uh, no, I, I do think it would be great for us. It'd be awesome. All right. I love it. All right. We're done. Phil, uh, as I said before, back on Monday, thank Chip Scoggins for being in for Phil as part of the Conduits of Trouble crossover with Mackie and Judd. He's Declan. I'm Judd. We'll talk to you. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact. It's a natural fit for winter runs. And Allbirds offsets the carbon footprint to make their Mizzle Collection carbon neutral, so you can take comfort in treading lighter. Get on their nice list this year with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at Allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Shopping for the holidays on Instacart and paying with Klarna means you can get gifts delivered in as fast as an hour and spread the payments over time. Which could come in handy if you find out everyone's bringing gifts to a holiday party, even though the invitation said no gifts. I mean, why even bother to say no gifts if you don't mean it, Jennifer? Shop over 900 retailers on Instacart. Pay over time with Klarna. New Instacart customers get $25 off $100 or more when you pay with Klarna using code Klarna25. Download the Instacart app and start shopping. Terms apply.